This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Russia, Ukraine, China, and the Middle East, I think they're going to be concerned. We need to come together and stop the radical agenda of Joe Biden and the Democrats who've been running our government the last two years, who've given us the border that's no longer a border, who've given us record inflation, who've given us record crime, and who've given us $5 gas. Yep, 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 and yep, Republicans officially picking up the House yesterday. You know what Joe Biden did after that, after it became official, after you heard Republicans did indeed take the House of Representatives, which is important. Uh, again, it's, is uh, 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 that Jim Jordan is saying there, it's important to stop that stuff that's brought us to where we are today. And things really ain't good today as we look across our country. Uh, that's why it's important that Republicans have the House. It could potentially stop that some of the st- uh, stop some of that stuff after learning that the Republicans officially won. Joe Biden called Speaker McCarthy and he said, congratulations. I don't know if he meant it or not, but he said, oh, and then he said, and then we can we can work together. Listen, when here's what I hear, especially when it comes to the political world. When somebody says we can work together on things, that means, hey, if you do what I want, that is working together. That's just my take. Good morning. Uh, this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. We want to welcome you in. I want to introduce you to Stephanie Bell, who, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, Wake Up Mid-Missouri, she sits to my right. But in real life, she sits to my left every morning. Good morning. Uh, and then Mr. Houseworth is here, too. It's good to see you. Uh, John Marsh is joining us on the show. Good morning, John. Good morning. And want to welcome another John into the show. John Mosley, president, Lincoln University. Mr. President, welcome into the show. We are so glad that you are here. As we've kind of touched on a little bit, a lot of change. Well, we're constantly, things are always changing, but I think... Uh, things, the economy and jobs, job market, what am I going to do with my future? There's fear. What do we do? What are my options? And Lincoln University, uh, as usual, is really doing a lot of things to help, especially people here in mid-Missouri. Uh, what are you guys doing right now as it relates to educating folks here in, in the workforce or trying to turn out the next generation of folks? Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me this morning. This is uh, quite an honor and uh, to talk about our university and many of the things that are taking place. Uh, Mid Missouri is very familiar with the School of Nursing at Lincoln. Uh, it's been an outstanding program for a number of years. It's, uh, it's put people directly into the workforce, and there's such a need right now for nurses. And so we're, we're fortunate uh, in the governor's uh, support of higher education. We, we were uh, given a $20 million towards a $40 million project to, uh, for our School of Nursing, as well as the Security Sciences Institute. Um, and so we're out fundraising right now for the, the other 20, and um, we've been fortunate to get support from city, county, uh, and local entities so far. And so things are progressing, and that program will allow us, that new facility will allow us to double the size of our School of Nursing from a major, from an enrollment standpoint. And so... We see that having a direct impact on the local community. Uh, we're going to all need nurses for the rest of our lives, and so we want to be part of the solution. Dr. Mosley, I appreciate you joining us live, uh, and, and you, I talked to you, of course, back in August as soon as you took over and you were going to try to uh, boost the re- freshman retention rate. That was one of your goals, but we sp- talked specifically that day, you and I, about that nursing school, and the governor himself has made this a priority to the point where he has brought it before. When Brandon did the live coverage here on the KWS and the Eagle, the governor uh, actually talked about this very project and urged the legislature to step in. How critical was that to have a governor actually bring this issue up at a state-of-the-state address about Lincoln's nursing school? 
Uh, it is important. You know, it's uh, it's great to have that support. Uh, we are the Capital Cities University. It's uh, we're literally in the shadows um, of the Capitol. So it's uh, it's great to have him uh, as well as uh, the Lieutenant Governor. You know, he's been a great advocate for for the university. Uh, this is the first year in the university's history that we received the full uh, state match to the federal land grant that we received. Uh, you know, we do a ton of uh, work in agriculture extension. Uh, and research in, in that space. And so, uh, and we have extensive sites in Kansas City, St. Louis, down in the Boot Hill and Carothersville and uh, Sykeston uh, and, and Charleston. And so um, to have to have the support of your local officials and your state officials, uh, it, it makes a world of difference when you're trying to uh, really, I wouldn't say rebuild, but, but re-energize a university that has done so much for this state for so many years. Um, it, it's been... It's been a big boost for us. Contrast that. Last time Halsworth was talking with Mosley, they were talking about important stuff. Last time I talked with uh, with you, John, I was at that chamber event on a Friday in Jefferson City <laughs> in flip-flops and shorts because I didn't know the event was at noon. Uh, Lincoln University President John Mosley hanging out with us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. John, you, you talk a lot about the, the new Center for Nursing and the security sciences and all that, but I know for a fact that you've really been kind of down at the grassroots level doing everything about, you know, middle-of-the-night food options on campus and renovating a lot of the campus housing and even talking to faculty and staff about the potential for, what, a four-day work week? Uh, we, we have, uh, we're piloting a four day work week with some of our staff. We're keeping, uh, the lights on and the offices open all five days. Um, but just trying to be creative and, and, and giving the workforce options, uh, to better serve our, to better serve our, our staff primarily, uh, depending upon how this goes, we could uh, eventually explore it for the faculty, but it wasn't, that, that wasn't our priority. Our priority was to, to try to work with our 12 month employees. We do it in the summer. Um, and, and so now we've got uh, select groups that are trying it out this fall. And it seems to be working really well. We have no problems. Um, the, the benefit for the university is we're open until 6 in many of our offices now instead of 5 because we want to make ourselves more attractive to non-traditional students. So the adult learner hopefully has more time after their traditional work day to come over, register for classes, get their stuff taken care of. Uh, and so we're just trying to be creative uh, in what it is that we're doing while we're also exploring Making sure that we can put our faculty and staff in, in a position where, from a salary standpoint, that they're they're paid at market rate. I watched my own mom attend night classes at Lincoln growing up after a full day's work week. So I am very thankful personally for the university. Tell me more about this new partnership with uh, Jeff City High School on cybersecurity. So cybersecurity is a big part, a uh, big part of what we're going to do in Security Sciences Institute, and uh, we're going to launch certificate programs in, in uh, about six different areas here. Hopefully by the fall of 2023. And so we had a we had a company uh, approach us about partnering with the high school um, to to expose their students to cybersecurity while they're in high school, with hopes that they'll continue. Because as we all know, there's such a need right now. Uh, it seems like you, you learn of a new attack almost daily. Um, and, and so it, we, we think it's going to be a really big deal for, for our uh, university, our community. We're also going to look to expand that into a, into a, um, a school in Kansas City and St. Louis, uh, each, each, each side of the state. Uh, and just to begin to build that, we hope, a pipeline um, for students that want to make the transition from 
high school to college. It doesn't mean they have to come to Lincoln, but we'll certainly uh, assist them, and our, our faculty will assist their faculty with uh, with the creation of the curriculum. And so, um, we see it again as a win-win for uh, for Just City Public Schools as well as uh, Lincoln University. How's uh, Stephanie had an interesting story uh, the other day, and I have a friend in Rotary in Columbia was talking about Mizzou. Is uh, they had somebody they were talking about their recruitment efforts apparently, and I. 11 recruitment officers who go nationwide trying to recruit students from other parts of the country. What kind of things uh, does Lincoln University do for recruitment? Where are you recruiting from? What's your sweet spot? You know, we've been, we've tried to be creative there as well. Uh, we have, uh, we have remote recruiters. We have a recruiter, we have a recruiter in each of these areas, uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, Chicago, uh, the Boot Hill to include Memphis, and then right here in mid-Missouri. We, we, so we have five that are in those areas all the time. They live there. Uh, they only come back to campus when we need something here on campus or to come back for uh, a campus event. We have one other recruiter in the office that really takes everything else uh, in the country. Um, and then we have a couple more folks that, that assist on the backside. And so that we, we've seen an increase, we believe, in, in applicants and admits uh, so far this year for the fall of 2023 because now our recruiters don't have to drive from here to Kansas City. Those are the five primary areas that the university draws 80% of its students. And so we wanted to put someone directly in that, uh, in that community to get to know the folks and, uh, and see them on a more consistent basis. Oh, yeah, I think John Mosley, neat story, basketball coach to eventually president of the, of the school where he, uh, where he was coaching basketball. When you recruit, uh, I think there's this misnomer still amongst a lot of folks that a historically black uh, college or university, it's, it's black students. When you go and recruit, let's say, to white students, what is the reaction? Has that evolved over the years, or is it you still get a lot of people going, you know what? As a white kid or an Asian kid or whatever, I had not considered a school like Lincoln University. Do you still get that? Uh, you know, eighty and probably ninety-five percent of our students that are white are, are from the sixty-mile radius of the institution. Um, it, it's a really neat story. Uh, I honor our history and our legacy every day, and, and how I try to carry myself and, and represent the university. But it wasn't my decision. You know, within six years of Brown versus Board of Education, the university ended up being majority white by 1960. And we were, uh, we were majority white. We'll always have our HBCU, uh, um, legacy, but, uh, but we recruit students. And so students keep the lights on. Um, students are, are, you know, we're trying to turn out students that are prepared for their careers, but we're going to make sure that we, we recruit all students. We're going to make sure that we, we're still, in places that uh, non-traditional, uh, like like Atlanta and Indianapolis and Detroit, that may be a little bit outside of that five five uh, area region, but uh, but yeah, it is it, it is very interesting. Um, when you come to school here, it, it just depends on where you're at because we're, we're as diverse as any school in the country, and many schools would trade would love to have our diversity, but uh, and, and and you know we we celebrate it and uh, and we think we're better for it. Coach, talk to us about some of those athletic programs. When you and I last talked, you talked a little bit about eh, potential for baseball, potential for soccer, and some of those you know third-tier sports out there and coming from the, the athletic side of the house. You're serious about it. Uh, John, we're, we're very serious about it. We hope to, we hope to, uh, to formally announce something like that, potentially uh, in, in January. We're working through some things right now, but we are, we are committed. The board's been very supportive uh, of our use of athletics to grow enrollment. 
Um, our football team this year, uh, they, they didn't win a game, but they jumped from about 55 students last year to about 110 this year, and that makes a significant difference in the enrollment of the institution. Uh, we're looking uh, athletically to see how we can put our students in the, in the best position to be successful because uh, athletics alone doesn't add a lot to an institution. Uh, successful athletics adds a lot more to an institution, and so what can we do? But certainly baseball is a, baseball is a big sport here in mid-Missouri. Um, I think our timing is really good, and so we're, we're, we're hopeful that uh, we're going to be able to launch that, maybe announce it, hire a coach in 23, and, uh, and begin play maybe in the fall of 24 is kind of our goal right now for baseball, men's, and women's soccer. And so we're full steam ahead with that. We think that will increase enrollment by about 100 and maybe 15 students. And so uh, that's what we're looking at. We're looking to grow the band the same way. We'd like to get the marching musical storm up to 100 students, and so uh, 100 plus. And so – we're just uh, we're, we're we're not sitting on our hands at Lincoln right now. There's a lot going on, and uh, and I'm certainly honored and, and privileged to to be able to serve in this capacity at this point in the university's history. So I suspect when any head men's basketball coach has their university president at the game, there's a little bit of pressure. But I think there's probably <laughs> added pressure with you in 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 Jason Jim in the in the in the court. So tell us about the start of the season. Tell us about what that relationship is like for you now. Well, it was it was probably harder last year because I had coached a lot of the students. The, a lot of these students, unless you tell them, they don't know who I am. And they don't know my past. They just know what I'm currently doing. Uh, it was hard last year. I tried to stay completely out of the way. Uh, this year, uh, I didn't go to the first home game on, on Monday night. I have a very good relationship. I didn't uh, I didn't know the coach that we have until, until we hired him. Uh, our athletic director had a relationship with him from a prior institution. But I think Jimmy Drew is a great young man, and he's, uh, he's doing things the right way as I see it uh, in this community and building his program. And so I'm excited about his future here. Uh, he went out and got some really good players, and we've got some talented young men that are better plans for us. Um, so I, 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 I try to stay out of the way. Uh, I usually go upstairs. We, we put a glass window in the dance studio, and nobody can see me react when I don't like the referee's call. I'm, so, uh, <laughs> well, here's what I'm wondering. I'm thinking you try to stay out of it, but I'm thinking Coach Jimmy Drew is like, Oh crap! There's the former coach and current president John Mosley here. I get a little nervous. L. Uh, Lincoln University President John Mosley, thank you for uh, joining us this morning here on Wake Up Mid Missouri. We appreciate what you guys are doing there to to help uh, uh, Mid Missouri as a whole. We appreciate your efforts. Thanks very much for having me. Go Blue Tigers. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. You've ever seen him, and I think if he stays on message the way he did tonight, he's got a formidable case to make to a Republican electorate. There are people on Fox like Pete Hegseth uh, supporting Trump and actually applauding his speech the other night. I didn't see what Pete Hegseth saw. That, yeah, I saw the, you know, yeah, it's been, it's been horrible since those events of January the 20th of 2021, but uh, I... Don't see quite the rosy picture that he saw. And also last night, uh, former uh, Arkansas governor, presidential contender Mike Huckabee also on Fox saying, yeah, I thought this was good. And it was. Uh, and I want all that to be true. I want it all to happen. I don't see what they're uh, what they are seeing at uh, all. No, it was lackluster. No, uh, but just wanted to highlight that to let you know that. There are some folks that were excited by that speech the other night. I ain't one of them. As an ardent Trump supporter, I'm not uh, uh, one of them. Welcome into the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Stephanie Bell, Brian Houseworth, John Marsh. My name is Brendan Rather. There is uh, an accident, Columbia, an accident, Broadway and Stadium. 
uh, being cleaned up, but it's kind of slow moving through that area, and there's a traffic cop on the uh, scene there. Stuff is moving, but if you're heading through that area, just know there might be a little bit of a delay. We continue a little bit. By the way, I want to apologize. We were supposed to have, even though it's not my fault, uh, Vlad Sajin. He is from Ukraine. He's a Mizzou student. Came from Ukraine about a year ago. He's been, you know, every day. Number one thing on this kid's mind is a college student and just, you know, trying to live life as a young man is his family in Ukraine. He was supposed to join us in studio this morning at this time. Wanted to get, you know, more of his personal story. Uh, we got a text less than an hour ago. Uh, I appreciate the This is pretty responsible. Mm-hmm. This kid's like 19 years old. He's way more responsible than I am. You know what he did before he came? He was going to come into the radio station this morning. He texted us and let us know yeah, it wasn't going to work out. He took a COVID test. That well, before I go and see these people on Wake Up Mid Missouri, I'll take a COVID test because it's the polite thing to do. Dang it! If he would have been listening, he would have known that you already have COVID. Yeah. Just kidding. Oh, by the way, I told uh, Marsh, I don't know if you were around, if you heard this yesterday in the uh, back part of the office here, a little bit behind the scenes at the radio station. Bunch of folks here, like producer Hannah, she's out, she's sick. People are sick, workplaces all over. And it's like, I'm taking this more seriously than I ever took COVID. COVID, whatever. But I was in the back office with a bunch of office personnel and folks from our magazines and other marketing branches. And folks, hey, Brandon, uh, how you feeling? And I said, oh, I said, I'm all right. I said, Hannah's okay. She went home, but she's she's not feeling well. She's gone, and I'm bull. And somebody said, well, what do you have? And I said, COVID. Man, that joke did not land. <laughs> Yeah. yeah I don't know. Thanksgiving is coming up. No one wants to be. I was quarantined the, the very first year during Thanksgiving. No one wants it right before that. And you're about to travel. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, it is newsworthy that there are, the hospitals are fill, I mean, the respiratory stuff is yeah. going around, not COVID, but RSV and other things. And the RSV is getting adults. And, you know, there are a lot of people down with the crud right now. Plain old flu. Yeah. yeah, flu, uh, stuff like that. So he was supposed to be here uh, with this kid. How how polite of this kid, a European politeness. Before I go in, I'll take a COVID test just to make sure. But dang it, came out. I'm getting ready to fly to Idaho. I'm not taking a COVID test. I'm not sick, though. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. I'm not sick. Uh, Timothy, welcome into the show. What can we do for you this morning? Well, I was just thinking, sometimes, um, you know, maybe Trump is lackluster, just kind of like your show sometimes. Oh, oh my God. You know, you know, you try and try, you can't please, you know, you, know, you can't please everybody yep. all the time, and yeah. why are you criticizing it? I don't understand. He didn't Critici- do anything bad, wrong. Criticizing what? His speech. I'm not criticizing it, I'm just saying it didn't resonate with me. Well, then open your ears and open your eyes and listen better. <laughs> Timothy, <laughs> dude, we dig your sense of humor, man. We appreciate you, bud. Uh, you're right. You can't please all the people all the time. And most of those people were listening while I was on the Randy Tobler show yesterday at 4 o'clock. Wow. Uh, Tobler does uh, the Randy Tobler show. Pretty cool show because it's a local show dealing with mid-Missouri stuff. He's on four, 6 here on the radio station. And I was hanging out here. He said, you want to come on? And said, sure. And he landed on the Trump speech. And uh, it was great because it was his show. He took the fire, uh, not me. You know, one of the things I really appreciate about the Randy Tobler show 
that dude is so good with callers. Like when callers call and they get mad, we get it. That's what we're here for. That's what Wake Up Mid-Missouri is here for. You call and share your opinions. We're not always going to agree, and that's okay. We ain't mad. We're just all sitting around at the coffee shop, at the bar, talking, having a few cups of coffee, having a few drinks. And just like with any of your friends, not always going to agree. Uh, and that's okay. And then there's people like Timothy who call in and sling crap at us. I dig I that dude. Yeah, dig that dude's sense of humor. Before, I, yeah. I think before I said the people that uh, the Trump speech resonated with the most, potential blue voters going, yeah, bring on 2024, there, buddy. Uh, you know what? You are you are not wrong. Uh, Daily Show last night. Trevor Noah, host of the uh, Daily Show, made reference uh, to this, and it was actually kind of funny. Though apparently, many Democrats are happy, yeah. including people like Bernie Sanders, who said Trump running may be a horror show for the country. From that perspective, his candidacy is probably a good thing. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, Bernie, Bernie... Now here comes the best part. He's probably right. Democrats should be praying for Donald Trump to win the nomination so that they can easily crush him in the general election. Yeah, that kind of thinking has never horribly backfired. <laughs> What could go wrong? All right. Trevor Noah gets a few points tomorrow uh, when we pick winners and losers of the week tomorrow morning on a Feel Good Friday at 835. I mean, really, early on. I mean, you like to say I was right because you were one of the early Trump supporters. But no one thought he was going to win in that, you know, in those primaries early on. And they underestimated him and he came out. Now, one interesting perspective that I don't know, you know, will fully bear out. But back then, you know, all of the news channels carried his entire campaign. They carried his um, his rallies and everything else. And, and, and that they said that really did push him over the edge and gave him a lot of momentum. And there is not necessarily an agreement, as I understand it, among the news stations to really do that again for him this year and how that could affect his campaign going forward. Again, I think he has a lot of support. I think the polling is in his favor. I think if he gets the momentum, he's gonna, it's going to be a train that has left the station and will be hard to stop. Um, but what's the effect of TV coverage on the Trump campaign. I don't know. Yeah, yeah he was a novelty initially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And great for ratings, incidentally. Check this out. Fox News the other night. After carrying President Donald Trump's speech, check this out. Even for Fox uh, News, there's a massive audience. Usually, if you're watching Tucker, watching Sean Hannity, who, by the way, is here uh, weekdays uh, 2 to 4, uh, you get about 2 to 3 million a night watching uh, shows like Tucker and Hannity. When they carry Trump's speech the, night, uh, the other night, over 5 million viewers. For a cable news channel, CNN, they brought in 2.4 million viewers. 2.4, that's massive for CNN, who a lot of times they mark, you know, right about a, a million and they're happy with it. MSNBC didn't carry his speech. So, people, wow. yeah, people were watching. Austin off the text says, I believe calling President Trump's speech lackluster might be considered criticism. But I would say sure. it's lackluster, like, compared to President Trump. Like, yeah. it's still, it was still, like, I would say better than anything Mike Pence has ever said. Um, and better than a lot of other politicians. And on the issues, I think he was spot on. But, you know, I've, I've sat 
Rose back and seen him in person and, you know, and just hold people in his hand. I mean, and they just hung on every word. And I feel like he's at his best when he's off script, when it feels like he's just talking to you and when he's energized and it just it didn't feel like the same 2016 Trump to me. And I think so. That's why I was disappointed. Not because I, I, you know, because it was anything about Trump. It was because compared to himself, it seemed like he wasn't it wasn't he wasn't him. And that's. Uh, good point. And, and that's that, it's that feeling we got. I th- for me, it was that feeling in 2015 and 2016 when he's at the Columbia Regional Airport. Yeah, that, you, me, and Gary. Wow. That, that was insane. I wonder, John, let's say Trump came in the next few weeks at Columbia Regional Airport, brand new uh, terminal or wherever he played one of the hangars. I wonder what kind of crowd from mid-Missouri would turn out today. It would be the same. Same. I agree. Uh, and on fire again. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I understand people say, "Well, th- th- it sounds like criticism." Uh, not criticizing uh, the guy personally. I'm saying for me, it didn't resonate. It just didn't do anything for me. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. Garth, what's up, man? Good morning, everybody. Um, I hate to use this analogy because I hate the person I'm going to use this analogy with. But I think we all got to admit, I think Trump is like Brady. They both had their their moment. They both peaked in their career, but yet they both came back and look what's kind of happening. I think we should just like, just like we needed to let Brady go, we need to let Trump go and back another horse in this race. I just, Garth, again, as much as I hate, as much I, as I hate I Brady, I, I just have to use that analogy. Uh, have a great day. Hey, you too, and I'm giving you points <laughs> tomorrow, 835 on a feel good Friday. Tom Brady's having a bad day, by the way. He's getting uh, divorced, amicable, amicable, but still can't be fun. Bucks suck. His coach is blaming him, and now he's one of the defendants in this lawsuit from that guy. He's that, all tied up in the FTX yeah. craziness, crypto stuff. That's, I mean, but he's still like really good looking. He's still Tom Brady. Right. Um, the other thing have that, as many millions. That's yeah. true. The other thing that struck me, though, about the Trump speech is, did you see Ivanka's statement? That that struck me because, I mean, she was she was right behind him, you know, throughout and, and served, you know, and everything. And she basically said, I love my father very much. This time I'm going to prioritize my family. I don't plan to be involved in politics. Um, I'm grateful for having the honor of serving the American people and I'm proud of the administration's accomplishments basically said, you know, good good on you dad but I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not participating this time around and I thought that was that's a bold move. There was I just heard about this this morning because of this candidate, I think it's South Dakota, he was running for the US House of Representatives. Uh, he got arrested, charged with a crime, but apparently the big story is he, he he ran against his mom. Oh my gosh. In this house race. In South Dakota. Against- it's like Leonard Steinman running against his wife, <laughs> right? Uh, DeSantis, I want to do this real quick before we move forward. Ron DeSantis, I love this response. He was asked yesterday, uh, again, as people were talking about the Trump speech and, and people start to break away from Trump or some folks even going harder and said, he was asked, do you, feel, do you hear that there is a civil war in the GOP? I love Love Ron DeSantis's uh, response, and I hope that you stick around here. We'll do this five minutes from now because we have to move forward. But it's his style, and I want you to hear what it is that people like about him because he can. And I hate to compare everybody to Trump, but that's the that's the the gold standard uh, apparently right now. 
His response when he was asked about the GOP being in a civil war. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. We just finished this election, okay? People just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, seriously, we just ran yeah. an election. Yeah, chill, dudes. I love that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He was asked yesterday, reporter, uh, Mr. DeSantis, what do you think about a civil war within the GOP party? And Ron DeSantis is all like, Dude, like Thanksgiving is a week away. We just got out of an election. We have the Georgia runoff coming up December the 6th. Relax, man. Just chill. And I love that because he's saying he, he's being real. I think he's, he's not being curt, but he's being direct. Just relax. And he's doing it without being mean. And I think for most people, that's where we are. We need like a, to take a deep breath after an election. We're, like, we're not ready to start the next cycle yet. And so I think a lot of people will resonate with that. Uh, it's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Stephanie Bell, Miss John Marsh. My name is Brandon Rapid. You can be here too. 874-9390. Man, we've heard from Lake of the Ozarks this morning. We've heard from Boonville this morning. California checking in. Randy, welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. What is on your mind? Well, with all this Trump bashing from you guys, I just had a question. Sure. Um, do you have another, can you guys name one other candidate that you know for a fact could go in and fix the, me the, the mess that Biden has created? Uh, DeSantis, in my opinion. But, and I want to clear, you know, Randy, you, Randy, you know hold on just a second, Randy. Hold on, man. I want to be clear. I want to correct you. Not Trump bashing. I want to be very clear and factual about that. Not Trump bashing. I, I, John Marsh said something that sounded like bashing. Sure. Okay. I agree. I think that Trump could go in and fix the mess. He my, could. my worry is, can he win? Because yes, if he can't win, then we get four more years of Biden. But I, you're oh. right. I think he, I think he, he put us in a position of strength. He did on the issues. He was right on. And if we could, get, if there was a way to get him back in the yeah. White House, I think you know, I think a lot of Republicans would support that. I just worry that he, we can't get there. Yep. Okay, thanks. Hey, man, thanks. We appreciate yeah. you checking in this morning and listening. That's kind of where I'm at, too. Yeah. Uh, and that's the reality. And I'll go back again. Listen, there's, it's that mindset. It's that mindset. It's not necessarily just Trump. It's somebody who's tough and saying, why not? You know, what the, uh, the American brand in the reality is, and you can look at the numbers. DeSantis said this the other day, and there's other guys out there besides DeSantis. He just gets a lot of play right now, and I get it. Uh, there are a lot of other people that could take that same mindset. So to answer that question, anybody who has that same mindset, and DeSantis is one of those, he certainly has the toughness uh, to do that stuff. Uh, and, and I don't think on my, my part, at least I didn't intend it to be presumed as Trump bashing when I said right. there were a lot of Democrats happy with his announcement that he was going to run again. Well, and here's the other thing. Uh, and if, if, if you do take it as Trump bashing, so, yeah, go for it. 874-9390. Rick, welcome in. We've got about 30 seconds. What can we do for you? Well, you know, Donald Trump was so outspoken and loud and everything, and now he's toned it down. They didn't like him before, and now he's yeah. toned down. Yeah. They're still criticizing yeah. him. Yeah. And uh, I'm not turning my back on the man. He's ours. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, and I'll go back to the uh, the ratings for the cable news networks the other night, Rick. To your point, uh, Fox, well over 5 million people. That's pretty impressive, even for Fox. CNN doing pretty well, too. Actually, I have another 30 seconds. Darren, you've got 30 seconds, man. What's up? Oh, I just 
joined in, and I hope I'm not out, off topic, but uh, the thing that frustrated me the most with Trump is I like him. I like yeah. he's a businessman. Yeah. He needs to be there. But uh, he got no support whatsoever from the party that elected him. Yeah. And I, I, I was very disappointed in that. You know, it, you can bet one thing. If the D- Democrats put a guy in the White House, whoever's in Congress is going to step behind him and push as hard as they can. And Republicans did not do that.